Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Are you ready to change your life in the next 30 minutes? It's time for Power in a Half Hour with Coach Mark. Get your notebooks ready. He's about to go in. Five, four, three, two, one. Coach Mark, let's go. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. This is Coach Mark, and you're listening to Power in a Half Hour. In the next 30 minutes, we're going to learn the tips, tricks, and techniques of the rich and the super-duper successful. So the quote that we're going to start today's show with is, being average means you are as close to the bottom as you are to the top. And that's from famed coach John Wooden, greatest college basketball coach of all time. So he would know a little bit about that. All right. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. The title of today's show is Stop Being Average. Stop Being Average. Too many of us are average. We weren't born to be average. We were born to excel. We were born to be magnificent. All right. I want to thank all of you for listening. I want to remind you, if you ever want to go back and re-listen to any of the old shows, you can go to www.powerhh.com. If we're not friends on Facebook, my name on Facebook is Mark Starr, M-A-R-K. S-T-A-R-R on Instagram and Twitter. It's at Coach Mark Speaks. That's at C-O-A-C-H-M-A-R-K-S-P-E-A-K-S. And we also have a Facebook group. So if you'd like to be a part of our Facebook group, just send a request. And the name of the group is called Power in a Half Hour. All right. That's Power in a Half Hour. I have a daily message service for all my listeners in the United States and to Get those messages for free every single morning. All you have to do is text the letters BBD to 411247. That's BBD to 411247. All right, we have an absolutely amazing show today. Let's go ahead and get started. Profile number one, Jim Morrell. Now, Jim was born and raised in Michigan and was raised primarily by his mother as his father wasn't around much. His mother was a diligent saleswoman for Stanley Home Products, a company that was similar to Amway that sold brushes, mops, and household cleaners. Now, Jim became interested in food early in life as he would wake up early on Sunday mornings and ride his bike down to the brook and catch a bunch of trout and cook them up for breakfast. He would have to put his passion for cooking on the back burner as his mom would tell him that if he didn't study, he would be flipping burgers somewhere. Little did she know that that was exactly what he would be doing. Now, while at the University of Michigan, he took a job running a fraternity house kitchen to help pay his tuition. When he graduated in 1967, he would take a job with an insurance company, although his heart was not in it. Now, Jim went through some tough years after graduation as he would get married and have three boys before getting a divorce. Now, during this time, his mother also passed away. After the divorce, Jim moved to Northern Virginia with his sons where he would eventually meet a woman that he would get married to before having another son with her. Now, in 1986, as his older boys got to the end of their high school career, he would present a proposition to them. 
His boys didn't want to go to college, so he told them that if they didn't want to go to college, he could use their education money to start a restaurant. Now, this idea was that the entire family would pitch in. Jim's main motivation was to keep the entire family together since while he was growing up, his family wasn't close at all. The decision to skip college was a no-brainer for his kids as they didn't really want to go to college anyway. For a little less than $70,000, Jim opened up the first Five Guys Burger restaurant in Arlington, Virginia. Now, their location was in the middle of nowhere as there was no parking and no place for customers to sit and eat. The five guys originally were Jim and his four boys. Three of his sons would work in the restaurant as the youngest was too young to work at the time. They would do everything from cooking to cleaning the bathrooms, and his wife would do the bookkeeping. After he had another son in 1987, the five guys would refer to his five sons. Now, early on, there were definitely tough times. Employees stole money out the cash register, and there would also be fights between the brothers, where they would get so heated that one of the boys would just walk out the restaurant and the other boys would have to finish his shift. Even with all the issues, the store still did well thanks to word of mouth and some positive reviews in the local press. Jim eventually quit his job with the insurance company, and they all realized the potential that they had with the business. They thought about the possibility of duplicating what they had done in the one store that they had. It seemed simple enough as they thought that if they did it once, they could do it again. They definitely could, but they would experience difficulty in raising money to grow. Jim says that the banks would just laugh at them, so he turned to 100 friends and acquaintances and asked for loans that range anywhere from $10,000 to $30,000. They would give them high interest returns and would also pay them exactly on time each month. Let me give you something here. If you borrow money from people, make sure you pay the money back exactly when you say you would, all right? Now, Jim was a stickler on time as he would fine his sons for being late to their shifts. A second restaurant opened in 1989. A few more opened in the next few years. The new restaurants had a positive effect on family harmony. Now, everyone wasn't working in the same location, which helped to release a lot of tension as before they were all working together and living together under the same house. As they expanded, Jim was adamant about one thing. The menu had to stay the same. Just burgers and fries and good ones at that. The burgers were handmade and never frozen. The hand-cut fries were also never frozen. Now, over the years, they've only added a few new items to the menu, including hot dogs, a veggie sandwich, grilled cheese sandwiches, and they just started to add milkshakes in at some of their locations. Now, from the beginning, all the business decisions are made by unanimous vote by the entire family. Now, the biggest decision... The family had to make was in 2002. They had five restaurants all in Northern Virginia. They knew that there was a demand for more restaurants. One of his sons bought Jim a copy of Franchising for Dummies. The family would soon after meet with a former Washington Redskins player, Mark Mosley, who had a burger restaurant as well until his partner sold it without even letting him know. The family agreed that they would allow Mark to head up their franchising division. Within three days of their decision, the franchising rights to Virginia were sold out. Within a year and a half, permits had been sold for over 300 franchise locations. 
Five Guys Burgers is one of the fastest growing franchises in the restaurant industry. Currently, there are over 1,000 locations all over the United States as well as Canada and London. Each store averages $1.2 million in annual revenues as the company collectively pulls in over $1 billion a year. This is a company that started from one store and $70,000. Matter of fact, it was their college tuition, the son's college tuition. A little bit less than $70,000. Now they have over 1,000 stores in their franchise. The company is worth an estimated $500 million with Jim, his wife, and the five boys each owning an equal share of the business, which adds up to 75% of the company. The family is worth an estimated $375 million, which isn't a bad return on their initial investment of less than $70,000. This is just a great example of how all great things start small. They didn't start off with millions of dollars. He just started off with his son's college tuition fund. They didn't want to go to college anyway. Why waste it and have them go to college? They took that money and built a family business, and now they have a business that's worth over $500 million. And just a quick tidbit, Shaquille O'Neal is probably one of the biggest franchisees. He has over 155 Five Guys restaurants. Profile number two. Deerge Pandy. Now, Deerge came to America in 1997 as it was the first time that he had flown on a plane. He flew from his home in India to Austin, Texas with just two suitcases and $900 in his pocket. Now, this kid came to America with just two suitcases and $900. Now, he came to America as a PhD student to attend the University of Texas at Austin. While he was at UT, he heard about a Vietnamese family that would sell food all over the campus in stalls and they would make a ton of money. Back where he was from in India, most street vendors barely made any money. Dirge realized the opportunities that were available in America. In his second year at UT, he dropped out of his PhD program to work on becoming a computer engineer instead. In his first summer in America, he spent it in Silicon Valley as he was able to see the enormous amounts of technology companies that were doing well during the technology boom. What this experience did was to help him see what could be realized if he had some big dreams. Now, after graduating from the University of Texas, Deard spent a few years working at Oracle. Now, in 2009, after his time at Oracle, Deirdre and two other co-founders started Newtonix with $100,000 that he had saved up over the years. By 2013, four years after he started, Newtonix was worth $1 billion, with a B dollars, which made it a unicorn startup. Now, a unicorn is a startup that is worth over $1 billion. After another round of funding where Newtonix raised an additional $140 million from investors, the company's valuation had increased to $2 billion. Currently, Newtonix has over 2,000 employees in 40 countries and is worth over $4.5 billion. Keep in mind now, this company was only started in 2009 with $100,000. Now the company's worth $4.5 billion. Now, one of Deirdre's influence was Larry Ellison, the founder of Oracle. We talked about him years ago, probably about a year, year and a half ago. Although he never met Larry while working at Oracle, he learned a lot of lessons on leadership from him. 
He studied his boss and learned valuable lessons from him as he was able to use what he learned to help him build his company. Let's now look at six of the lessons that Deirdre learned from Larry Ellison. Number one, Larry is obsessed with the company's products. This obsession helped him to translate his vision of where the industry and companies going into particular product features that would help Oracle to stand out from its competitors. Deard says that the only way that Oracle's products are designed makes it hard for companies to replace their Oracle databases with other companies. Number two, Larry stays close with subject matter expert engineers, the people who are building the products often three to five levels below him. Larry makes sure that he stays close to the talent that is building the innovation in the company, and most importantly, he pays them well. Number three, he isn't afraid to nurture the rebels in the company. Larry was never about surrounding himself with yes men only. He surrounds himself with the innovative thinkers that think outside the box. Now, many of his past executives have gone on and started very successful companies. Number four, he has a take no prisoner attitude with the competition. Larry isn't afraid to talk smack about his competitors and even sue them if he has to. Number five. He has an unflinching conviction in the pursuit of his business strategy. When Larry believes he is right, he's not backing down from anyone. In situations where other business leaders may throw in the white flag, Larry has a never quit attitude. That's why Larry's at where he's at. And Larry's one of the richest men in the world. He's worth over $50 billion. And number six, he's willing to accept when he may be wrong about something and change strategies. Now, although he may have an unflinching conviction about an idea, if he realizes that it isn't going to work, he has no problem with changing his initial direction and strategy to steer the company in the right direction. Now, it was Andrew Carnegie that once said the average person puts only 25% of his energy and ability into his work. The world takes off its hat to those who put in more than 50% of their capacity and stands on its head for those Few and far between souls who devote 100%. Now, Andrew Carnegie is 100% right because so many people perform at or below average. At times, we have no idea what it means to perform at our full potential. We have the tendency to compare ourselves to people that are performing at 25% or lower and then convince ourselves that we must be doing a lot because we are outperforming those that are around us. Now, if this is the case, we need to change our measuring sticks. Like I said earlier, average means that you're as close to the bottom as you are to the top. This is not where any of us should want to be. Let's now look at some of the things that average people do every day that keeps them average. Number one, they watch too much TV. Watching TV is fine, but when too much of it is done, that's not good. TV takes up too much of your time with little benefits. Most of the things that come on TV are geared to entertain us, not educate us. On top of that, the advertisements often persuade us to buy things that we don't need. Number two, they are too lazy to track their time. Now, even though tracking time can be boring, it can also be one of the most beneficial activities to promote productivity. By tracking time, you'll be more aware of how you use your time. This will help you be more cautious of how you spend 
every second of your life. Remember that time is a non-renewable resource, so use it as effectively as possible. Number three, they wake up late. Waking up late means that you have less time to do things. Most people have a lot of energy in the morning, but if they aren't awake at that time, all their energy just goes to waste. Number four, they are lazy. Being lazy prevents us from being productive because it doesn't promote action. When you aren't doing anything, you are automatically average. Number five, they don't act on their thoughts. All of us come up with great ideas. A great idea is a dime a dozen. What separates the super successful from the average is that successful people act on their thoughts and turn their ideas into reality. Let me repeat this because I get so many people that tell me these ideas all the time. All of us come up with great ideas. What separates the super successful from the average is that successful people act on their thoughts and turn their ideas into reality. Number six, they lack critical thinking skills. Now, most people don't question the things they read, listen, hear, or see online. Questioning is important because it helps us to become better critical thinkers. Number seven, they have a fixed mindset. Now, we talked about the difference between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset a few months ago. Average people have a fixed mindset as they believe that they are stuck with whatever they think that they are born with. Growth mindset people don't feel the same way. They know that they can become better and they work at becoming better on a continual basis. Number eight, they lack patience. Delaying gratification is a strong indicator of success. We talked about this last week. If you can't delay rewards and are always seeking a quick fix, you will remain average. Learn to seek rewards that are huge and that take time to achieve and avoid small rewards that aren't worth your time. Too many of us are working on things that are not worth our time. Number nine, they talk bad about others behind their back. Gossiping is what average people do. If you don't like something about someone, just talk to the person about it. Don't talk behind their back. Number 10, they are too lazy to read books. If you don't consume any new information, how can you ever expect to grow and improve in life? But reading alone is not enough. We have to apply, apply, apply what we've learned from what we have read. This is how we move from average to phenomenal. Now, being average affects everything in your life. It affects your relationships, the decisions that you make, the opportunities that are presented to you, and the way that you live your life. Let's now take a look at a few reasons why being average is the enemy and why we need to stop being average. Number one, average doesn't let you take responsibility. When you feel the need to blame someone else for something going on in your life, you are falling into the category of average. Once you start the blame game, it's very hard to stop. Number two, average provides little opportunity. When you're being average, opportunity will usually not come knocking at your door. And when it does, you probably won't even recognize it. Number three, average is extremely contagious. If you notice, average people tend to hang around other average people. Since average is contagious, 
other people that have caught the condition, pass it on to you and make you believe that it is what it is and it's okay to be average and something's wrong with excelling. Number four, average keeps you from looking at all the possibilities. Average tricks you into thinking that when you have done something satisfactorily, you can move on to something else. Instead of stopping at doing something just okay, why not do it to the highest level that you possibly can? Why not go beyond expectations? Number five, average holds you back from growth and keeps you in your comfort zone. Now, even though the comfort zone is comfortable, as the name implies, while in your comfort zone, you become stagnant and you don't grow at all. If you look back at your life, I can guarantee you that the times that you were most comfortable were the times that you made very little personal growth. Even though we don't like setbacks and obstacles in life, there are the things that helped us to grow and to get better. Let's now look at the differences between average people and phenomenal people. Number one, average people talk about other people. Phenomenal people talk about ideas, goals, and opportunities. Number two, average people set goals. Phenomenal people set detailed plans of actions. It's one thing to set a goal, but no, you got to set a plan and you got to add action to it. Number three, average people complain about life. Phenomenal people adapt to what life throws at them. Number four, average people stick to social norms. Phenomenal people create their own norms. Number five, average people dream of a better future. Phenomenal people create a better future. Number six, average people let their thoughts influence them. Phenomenal people influence their thoughts. Number seven, average people prefer instant gratification. Phenomenal people choose long-term rewards. Number eight, average people sees the glass half empty. Phenomenal people sees the glass half full. Number nine, average people judges others. Phenomenal people only judges themselves. Number 10, average people watch TV every day. Phenomenal people read every day. Number 11, average people buy things, especially those things that decrease in value. Phenomenal people buy value, value in the form of experiences, new opportunities, long-term return on investments, and adventures. Number 12, average people want to be better than others. Phenomenal people want to be better than their old selves. And number 13, average people can't say no. Phenomenal people say no very often. Let's now look at a few things that the phenomenal do every day that keeps them from average. Number one, they think big and start small. Remember, thinking big costs you nothing. Once a thought or idea sticks out, start small and take consistent action every day. From the stories that we profile, the people that we profile every single week, we realize that some of the greatest companies in the world, matter of fact, most of the greatest companies in the world were started very small. So we don't need to have a whole bunch of money. We don't necessarily need to have a lot of resources. We just need to come up with the idea and take consistent and persistent action. Number two, repeat the routine. Successful people repeat the routine longer than average people. 
Now, even though repeating the same task over and over and over and over again can be boring, they understand that repetition is the only way to mastery. That's why you'll see athletes practicing the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over again. Because that's how you become a master at anything, by doing the same things over and over and over again. Average people say, man, this is boring. I'm tired of doing the same thing. But people that want to be phenomenal, they keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. They commit it to their unconscious to where they can just do it effortlessly. And that's how they become a master at it. Whether it's an athlete, whether it's a musician or anybody or anything. If you get sick and tired of doing the same thing over and over and you quit, then you go back to square one. That's why you can't quit. You got to make up in your mind that you're going to keep going. Number three, stay firm and clear. Successful people know what they want out of their effort, whereas average people are unclear about what they want. Once you've locked in on your target, tune out distractions that may steer you off course. Make sure to stay away from anything or anyone that is not aligned with what you want to achieve. Number four, believe in the possibility. Successful people are not worried about the hows of getting something done. They strictly focus on what they need to do, the house limit possibility. You have to believe that what you are setting out to achieve is possible and doable. Now, if you would have told those guys, the Morels, in the beginning, when they start opening their first store back in 1986, that you guys need to be able to open 1,000 stores, they would have said, how are we going to do that? They would have been focused on the wrong thing. All they were focused on was getting that one store going. Then once they got that next store, that first store going, then they got another store. Then they got another store. And here it is, 30 years later, they got over 1,000 stores. Number five, take calculated risk. Successful people take more risk than average people. They don't think about what can possibly go wrong. They focus on what will go right. Everything worth doing involves risk but you can minimize risk through proper planning and having contingency plans in place and number six seek advice successful people know who to seek advice from whereas average people get advice from anyone get advice from those that have done what you are attempting to do but they've done it the right way well that's all that we have for today's show want to remind you if you ever want to go back and re-listen to this show or any of the previous shows you can go to www.powerhh.com that's www.powerhh.com now i know you learned some information here today that you can share with a friend we got a lot of friends that are average and we want our friends not to be average we want them to be phenomenal so make sure you share this with them Tell them about the station that you're listening to this show on, or if they don't have access to that, tell them they can go to my website, www.powerhh.com, all right? And the quote that we're going to end today's show with is, all I know is that I never wanted to be average. And that's from the greatest basketball player of all time, Michael Jordan. Thank you much, and until next show. Thanks for listening to Power in a Half Hour with Coach Mark. To listen or re-listen, go to powerinahalfhour.com. Follow Coach Mark on Instagram and Twitter at Coach Mark Speaks. Find Coach Mark on Facebook by searching for Mark Star. Like our Facebook fan page, Power in a Half Hour, and join our Power in a Half Hour Facebook group. See you next week.